With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Future Brew, Michigan football recruiting. Right here on AmazingBrew.com. I'm Vaughn Lozon, and joining me today is my co-host, per usual, Jonathan Simmons, our Mason Brew football recruiting contributor. How you doing today, John? Is it uh, sunny and 60 over in New York like it is over here in Michigan? Beautiful yeah, sunny it day. It's, it's nice out, but it's windy, so it'll be sunny and you'll feel warm, but then a gust will come and you need a jacket, so it goes back yeah. and forth. Okay. Uh, give, give a gust of wind and... Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a little windy here today, too. Nothing too wild. But uh, man, I mean, spring is here and uh, at least knock on wood, at least hopefully no more snow or anything like that. I'm uh, I'm not trying to count my chickens before they hatch. I've, I've seen snow in May before. I wouldn't hold it against Mother Nature to do it again, but we will see how that all goes. But with the spring, um, you know, the the. 2023 class for Michigan here is really starting to blossom here, much like the weather is uh, changing. Spring has sprung. And uh, today's podcast is really going to be nothing but good news. And it's kind of all good news along the defensive line. Um, So let's just get right into it with Michigan's latest commitment of the 2023 class. And his name is Brooks Barr. He is a three-star lineman from the state of Illinois. Listed at 66270 on 24-7 Sports' website. He's ranked number 505 overall on the composite. Was offered by Mike Elston and the Wolverines back on February 1st. So uh, he, he committed last Tuesday. 
this recruitment really didn't take long to wrap up here. Uh, he visited Michigan the weekend prior before committing. So it really only took a couple days after that to release his commitment on his Twitter page. So he probably really had his mind made up um, either going into the visit or not very long after leaving Ann Arbor. Had other offers from Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa, Cincinnati, Iowa State, Illinois, the in-state school there, Vanderbilt, and a few other Power 5 programs. He is Michigan's number six commitment of the 2023 class, now ranked in the top 10 in the country, so you love to see that. John, I watched his junior highlight reel last week after he committed, and I don't know if you noticed this either or if you had this opinion, uh, if you've seen it, I'm not sure if you've seen it or not, but the competition that he plays, I don't know if it's the competition he plays that's really bad or if everybody in this uh, this division or conference or whatever you want to call it in high school football is, is just really bad, but everybody on the field looked like they were going in slow motion, including Barr himself. I, I don't want to like rag on the kid because he did make some really nice plays on the highlight reel. And I will definitely take Mike Elston's word for it, for taking in a defensive line commit because he really knows um, the defensive line position. Uh, Honestly, well, definitely better than me. Uh, But he turned a lot of really good players at Notre Dame into pros. So he's got an eye for the position. So I'm not going to doubt anything that he has when it comes to evaluations or anything like that. But it was just a, 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 something that I saw on film was everybody just looked really, really slow. Again, made really nice plays, but um, it, it, this is clearly going to be um, a project take, I would say, John, but a solid project take. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear he's very strong compared to everyone else he's going against. He's bench pressing a lot of guys off of him and getting good separation but uh yeah there's like the second or third clip where he's coming around the edge and he looks like uh he's going in slow motion a little bit so I think that's kind of why he's more ticketed towards the uh you know defensive end which is you know hand of the dirt position in a three four versus like an outside linebacker where Aiden Hutchinson played um you know I think one of his like coaches or trainers or someone compared to Mac Godin who um, you know, it was Michigan's like kind of rotation defensive tackle a few years ago. Um, and I think that's more his speed rather than like a Ryan Glasgow and really quick twitch. This guy just seems to be um, more of a big, you know, kind of strong guy in the middle who can be a good run stuffer and plug holes up. But I don't think he'll be like have great uh, acceleration or dip or bend around the edge or anything like that. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. He's listed it. 6'6", 270, as I previously stated. So, I mean, perhaps there will be some positional flexibility with him. Um, you know, he, he definitely has that build to where he could slide inside on some plays if really necessary. They did that with Aiden Hutchinson a little bit when he was at Michigan and very similar body build and measurables to Aiden Hutchinson when he was coming out of high school. So it'll be interesting to see where they play him. Uh, But yeah, this is definitely a project take. I don't expect him to participate a day one by any means. Very seldom do D linemen, even five-star D linemen 
play day one starting snaps right away. Rashawn Gary, I mean, he was a rotational guy, but he was not a, uh, a starter as the consensus uh, number one player in his class as a five-star prospect. Uh, so going back to, to Barr, he is uh, the, the lone defensive lineman committed in Michigan's 2023 class as of right now. But from the looks of it, the Wolverines are probably trying to take a really big defensive line class here. Among the other guys that they're recruiting, Barr is probably the biggest project of the D lineman. So I wouldn't be discouraged by this commitment if you're a stargazer because he 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 was one of the most gettable defensive linemen because of the pipeline they've built in Illinois, I would say, and also because Michigan wasn't going up against a ton of competition. Um, you know, you look at a school like Wisconsin, and that's a school that I personally value uh, when it comes to O linemen and D linemen. If Wisconsin offers a guy. No matter what their star ranking is, they could be player number one or player number a thousand. If they're going after a guy, they have that eye for really good talent when it comes to offensive and defensive line. I would say the same thing for Iowa as well. And Iowa was recruiting him. He had an uh, offer from both Wisconsin and Iowa. So those two schools were just really starting to recruit him a little bit harder as Michigan was sealing the deal. So you got to start somewhere, John, and I'll pass this over to you for further discussion. But uh, this isn't really a terrible place to start for when it comes to uh, the defensive line class that they're trying to build, because it's probably going to be a big one. No, I, I like the offers from those schools that you mentioned, uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. They've done a lot. Um, and, you know, guys along the defensive line, um, I think these these bigger interior guys, the ranking um, doesn't have as strong of a correlation as other positions. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you look at the walk-ons that those two schools have produced and, you know, like Jordan Davis was a random two, three star. <laughs> yeah. Georgia now he's a first rounder. Um, but I also think the context, of how he committed of how Barr committed to Michigan is a sign that the staff really likes him too. You know, Elston gives him an offer um, pretty soon after he arrived and clearly prioritized him. He was familiar with him when Elston was at Notre Dame and liked him then. So, you know, to carry the interest over from multiple schools and make him one of the targets, you know, as soon as he got to Michigan, I think shows that he's really high in his potential. Um, So I think there is, you know, a lot of, uh, upside here, but you know, it could be kind of hard to tell with these uh, big, you know, interior guys if that's going to translate and they can, you know, stay good with conditioning and stand up to, you know, the rigors of a full football game or if they're uh, going to struggle, you know, maintaining their weight and kind of uh, fall off there. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, I mean, this is like the this is the good news podcast. There's going to be nothing but good news on this podcast. Michigan hasn't had a commit. Uh, in quite some time. So this is like fantastic news for Michigan's 2023 class. Um, I can't state that enough because Cole Cabana, the uh, four-star running back in-state prospect, was the last player to commit to Michigan. And that was back on February 5th. So a lot has changed uh, in that last month and a half on the recruiting trail. Uh, So that was the last commitment. And then the last commitment before Cole Cabana was uh, Andrew Rappelier. Uh, the three-star tight end. And that was back in January. And now he's visiting other schools, uh, which is, uh, you know, a completely 
a different topic, but this is positive vibes only, John. We're not talking about that. Uh, But it has been stunning to me that there hasn't been more momentum on the recruiting trail for Michigan following that Big Ten championship and the CFP appearance. Because in my eyes, it really seems like this uh, Jim Harbaugh, Minnesota Vikings situation kind of stunted any growth that Michigan had on the recruiting trail. And like I said, with Andrew Rappelier, he's visiting other schools. Raylan Wilson, the top-ranked prospect committed to Michigan in the 2023 class. The four-star linebacker, top 100 player, is looking around now. He's visited Florida and Georgia in back-to-back weekends. And a kid that you would expect Michigan to land, um, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, expect to land, Dante Moore, the five-star in-state quarterback, is strongly considering other schools. And I wouldn't even say Michigan is uh, really a top option at this point, or not the top option. They are still a top option, not the number one option. I'd say Notre Dame probably is at this point. And, and Michigan was the first school to offer Dante Moore. Harbaugh offered him uh, a scholarship back when he was in eighth grade, and he is still the only QB that they're recruiting in this class. So that's obviously a big deal, but I wanted to throw it back to you uh, for this discussion, John, because the momentum really needs to pick up for this 2023 class. I I know it's only March and I don't want to be like a, you know, all is lost kind of thing because there's nine months until signing day. uh, But you would just expect a a little bit more out of this class uh, coming off such a successful season and Jim Harbaugh sticking around. Yeah, it is a bummer that uh, two of their commits seem to be pretty uh, open at this point and uh, pretty likely to flip, I guess. Um, Rappelier kind of makes sense, I guess, since his uh, position coach moved to safeties in Jay Harbaugh and has a new one. So maybe over time, if Newsom's able to build up that relationship, uh, they can hold on to him. He is planning on making a visit to Michigan again. But he's also, you know, going to Penn State and uh, another school that I can't think of off the top of my head on a trip to Boston College, Boston College. That's it. Yeah. So um, I think that one uh, is still winnable, but uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. And, you know, a top 100 kid from the South, like Wilson, is always tough to hold on to. Um, You know, you think him picking uh, Michigan over Georgia the first time would uh, kind of be enough there, but he just, was just on their campus. So um, that one's kind of would be, I think, tougher pill to swallow since he's such a highly ranked kid. And there's not a lot of options at uh, linebacker right now, but mm-hmm. uh, you just kind of kind of got to keep plugging away with them. And, uh, you know, they're hosting a lot of guys on visits uh, this month and next month. Uh, I'm sure they will as well. And just kind of, keep, you know, reevaluating their board and figuring out their top targets and hopefully putting in a lot of work there and, uh, you know, getting their new hires and their recruiting department up to speed, you know, Albert Karchnia and Denard Robinson, I think are going to start paying dividends soon, hopefully too. So just kind of got to hope that after all this, you know, uh, tumultuous off season with the position switching and changing and everything that things kind of settle down and they're able to kind of go all uh, full speed ahead without any distractions. Yeah, I you would expect that for sure. And yeah, I, I would imagine that they probably have a good contingency of prospects who visit for the spring game coming up in just a couple weeks here. And obviously they'll uh, continue their tradition 
of the barbecue at the big house that usually happens in July. And typically the second or third week of June, I can't remember which one, I want to say it's the third week in June, is usually devoted to a pretty big official visit weekend for all their top targets. So there's still plenty to be done. I I just would have anticipated a little bit more out of this class um, this early on. And they're in it for a lot of highly ranked prospects. So I I don't want to uh, affect this positive vibes only podcast too much uh, with any negative uh, discussion here. But I just thought it was interesting that it had been that long uh, since Michigan had had a commitment. It's been a month and a half. I I can't believe it had been that long. Anyways, uh, we're going to switch gears here. Um, We're going to talk about more defensive linemen, though. And this is like defensive lineman extravaganza on this podcast today. Uh, But this time, it's not anybody in the 23 class. We're going to go to the transfer market, uh, the good old transfer portal. And there are a couple guys that uh, Michigan is interested in and vice versa. Uh, One is from uh, the JUCO ranks, junior college, and another is from a program that you will be familiar with. So let's just start with the JUCO prospect, John. Uh, He just took a visit to Michigan over the weekend. He posted on his Twitter. His name is Jelani Davis. He is an interior defensive lineman, plays for Dodge City Community College in the great state of Kansas, and he was only a redshirt freshman this past season, so he certainly has some availability left in the college ranks. He played seven games last year, uh, totaled 14 tackles, Four tackles for loss, had one sack and one quarterback pressure as well. Uh, he's listed at 6'3", 295 on his huddle page. I saw a couple differing things, so I don't really know what his height and weight is specifically, but he's an interior guy, so he's a big, beefy dude. Um, according to his Twitter, he has other offers from Morgan State, Jackson State, Southern University, so you kind of get where I'm going here. A lot of smaller schools. You're not seeing any other big time schools. Honestly, I don't even really know if Michigan has pulled the trigger and offered him at all, but they at the very least took him in for this visit this past weekend. He got to see uh, Ann Arbor up close, everything that it has to offer. Um, So it really shows how, not only how interested the prospect is in Michigan to come to Michigan, um, it's reciprocated interest. And to me, it really shows how invested Michigan is in growing the depth of the defensive line, because I I don't think this prospect nor the other prospect that we'll talk about uh, is really a a game changer by any means, at least not as of right now. Um, John, I'm no scout by any means. I already discussed this earlier. Um, (laughs) If I was, I probably wouldn't be recording this podcast right now. I'd be doing something else. Uh, But I did like what I saw on his film. He, He looked to have a pretty nice swim move to get around interior offensive linemen, was able to track guys down on a number of plays, uh, to make a tackle. Uh, and you know, like he said, uh, like I said earlier, he had four for loss and those certainly showed up in his, uh, huddle film. He's a really interesting prospect and Michigan hasn't really done well recruiting, uh, junior college players. Historically, they tried for Jeffrey Mba, but they were unable to land him obviously because of some academic hurdles that were kind of out of his, uh, reach there. So, uh, it can't really fault him. He was so incredibly interested 
uh, in Michigan before uh, he went elsewhere. So I'm, I'm not sure what the situation is looking like for Jelani Davis. But th- I don't think this would be a bad take if it's just for depth purposes. I think you can never have too many good defensive linemen, and Michigan is clearly interested in uh, getting more depth along the defensive line, uh, especially with their new D-line coach. I'm sure he's probably looking to uh, I, not really replace some of the guys on the roster, but I think you kind of catch my drift, John. So I again, like I said, this would be a nice depth piece if they – either end up offering or have already offered. I'm, I'm not sure which one. I don't think they have yet, though. Yeah, I think it's kind of a strange prospect to go after, uh, given Michigan's history with getting JUCOs and, the you know, the level of school that's going after him. He has, like you said, he has mostly FCS offers. I did see he had, like, a preferred walk-on offer to uh, Missouri, which is, uh, you know, he's from, like, the St. Louis area, so – Um, I think that makes sense, but to go to Michigan, it does seem odd. You know, he doesn't, his stats don't really jump off the screen. He doesn't really play for one of the top schools in that conference, you know, like the Garden City, Hutch, uh, Independence, you know, like the one that Last Chance U at the Netflix show, like those are really the big talent accumulators and he didn't go to one of those. So, you know, kind of makes me wonder at the level of prospect he's at. And I think it does kind of, it seemed to me that they're looking for him as a walk-on and I don't know if that'll change like any academic requirements or um, how they get him into school if that kind of helps them in that regard um, with getting him eligible at Michigan but um, I think it's just kind of clear that they're looking for depth of defensive line you know there's talks about them trying to convince Donovan Jeter to come back Um, you know Chris Hinton kind of surprisingly declared for the NFL so I think they're they have you know, not as many bodies there as they thought. So they're kind of looking anywhere and everywhere to, to get uh, as many bodies there as they can. Yeah. Cause a lot of the other guys just probably aren't ready on the roster as of right now, Rayshon Benny, probably not ready for a bigger role. Chris Jenkins probably is ready. I think he played really nice down the stretch of the season. So I would anticipate seeing a lot of him this year, but yeah, I, I think the whole Chris Hinton going to the NFL thing, I think that's a really good point, John, because no one expected him to leave. And Mozzie Smith's back as like the anchor of that uh, interior defensive line. He's going to hold the Ford down, so to speak. But outside of him, I mean, Donovan Jeter did his pro day at Michigan last week. So he clearly has pro aspirations. I don't know if he's going to leave or not. I would probably lean towards he ends up leaving, but that's just as of right now. And, and that's like no Intel. That's just a, a total opinion, gut feeling uh, from my part. So yeah, they're, they're clearly looking to bolster that defensive line uh, on the interior at the very least um, to, to kind of uh, help the process along for a lot of the younger guys. Cause they took so many D tackles a couple cycles ago uh, with Ray Sean, Benny, Ike Iwana, and who knows what happens with George Rooks, if he ends up on the interior or not, but um, at the very least, it just doesn't seem like they're ready, uh, which is why they're going after uh, Jelani Davis. And we'll talk about this uh, other uh, defensive tackle uh, transfer prospect uh, that I was alluding to earlier. He comes from Central Florida. He's in the transfer portal. His name is Cam Good. He is listed at 6'2", 315, so a little bit bigger than Jelani Davis. He was a former three-star prospect who played originally 
at Virginia Tech. He redshirted his his freshman season there and then transferred to UCF, where he has been for the last three seasons. So this is going to be a a fifth-year grad transfer, uh, Cam Good is. Last year, he compiled 23 tackles, four forced fumbles, three sacks, and had an interception to go along with all of those stats as well. Um, So he has not set in a, a date and time or a weekend or whatever to visit Michigan yet, like Jelani Davis did this past weekend. Uh, but he did lock in a visit to Syracuse for this upcoming weekend. So uh, because of that, John, I think it would make a lot of sense for him to visit Michigan for their spring game the following weekend. That way he can kind of uh, get an up-close look at everything, and that includes um, the coaches in action coaching their guys, and you get to see a little bit of the crowd at the big house too. I mean, you're not going to fill it with 100,000, but you know maybe you'll get – 10,000 or, you know, something like that. Who knows? Uh, But much like with Davis, I don't think this would be a a massive game changing addition by any means. But like I said earlier, John, you can never have too many defensive linemen on the roster. And again, U of M clearly showing that uh, they're looking to add depth to that defensive line. Uh, I think Cam Good would probably be, uh, again, a, a pretty solid depth piece. Uh, maybe he ends up being a starter uh, if he comes in and competes and you know, it's him and Mozzie Smith. Maybe he overtakes um, uh, Chris Jenkins. I, I'm just assuming Chris Jenkins is probably in line for a lot of playing time at, at this point next season, because uh, who else really will if Jeter and Chris Hinton are both gone. But again, he's a nice prospect. I wouldn't be mad if Michigan took him in for sure. Yeah, I think he's probably a little more high uh, floor player than uh, Davis. You know, he has a a better recruiting pedigree coming out of high school. He went to Virginia Tech before UCF, I think I saw it. Um, But he, you know, was ranked pretty similar to to, uh, Barr, actually. Um, And, you know, he's a lot older being a grad transfer. I think he uh, would probably be able to pick up the system a little bit quicker and uh, just know how, you know, a top college program runs a little bit. So I think he would be able to contribute a lot quicker than a, a one-year junior college player. So I think, you know, with the, all those factors, I, I think I'd probably take good um, over Davis um, as well. And I think, you know, getting him for the spring game would definitely be a good option, probably the best uh, weekend to get him up on campus uh, before, you know, he wants to decide. I'm sure he wants to get to the school in the summer and work out and stuff. So that's going to be a good environment. I've, I've kind of actually been waiting for Michigan to get more uh, visitors confirmed here. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that news will start trickling out this week. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be, uh, he would be a good solid pickup. I wouldn't expect too much out of him. Uh, maybe a little bit more than like a Jordan Whitley did last season, but you know, you never know. Man, Jordan Whitley, I I completely forgot about him. If I'm being honest, how how many tackles did Jordan Jordan Whitley have last year? Like one, two? I, I think I saw him out there for like a game. Yeah, with all the even with all like the uh, tra- the garbage time they got in, you know, you still didn't even see him that much. So yeah, I didn't even see him with like the pro day. They didn't put out any graphics for him that I saw either. So who knows what's going on? Yeah, that that's a weird situation. I don't know what happened with that. Um, yeah, just very strange. Yeah, when they had garbage time, it would be mainly Rayshon Benny. And uh, I think uh, 
George Rooks. Got yeah, George, George Rooks had some, and I think Dominic uh, Geodice had some as well um, along the defensive line. Maybe a, a couple games here or there. Uh, yeah. Not burning his redshirt by any means, but um, I mean, it makes sense try to develop these younger guys rather than a seventh year player. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he had a crazy journey. Uh, you know, he was going from school to school and, you know, had, had the, the heart issue, I think, and it was a running back initially that like that, that whole story was just crazy. So I, I don't know if, uh, if Cam Good or Jelani Davis have uh, a wild backstory like that, but, um, certainly would be interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we got, John. Did you want to add anything else in uh, about the, the the positive vibe defensive line podcast? This has been great, hasn't it? Got some good news for once. Well, the the one big visitor for the spring game. This is old news, but speaking of defensive line, is Jason Moore out of St. Francis. So you know, yeah, that, that's always good to to look forward to. I'm sure yeah. there'll be positive updates from that. Yeah, yep, that's uh, top. I think top fifty player top top 100 at the very least yeah, somewhere around 50 yeah he i think he's been bumping around from like 45 to 55 in that range but really nice prospect and a guy that i know for sure mike elston really 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 likes i i want to say he was recruiting him as well when he was at notre dame so yeah i mean that's that's a huge prospect to have uh come visit so um you know pipeline school as well so uh, certainly could be a, uh, a you know, more good news along the defensive line to come. We will certainly see, but that is all we got for today. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at? At Simmons underscore John. Follow Maze Brew at Maze Brew on Facebook, Twitter, Insta. I mean, at this point, you should know where we're at. We're, we're pretty much everywhere. And, uh, you know, give all our podcasts five-star reviews. We would really appreciate it. And uh, subscribe to the podcast as well. Check out the YouTube channel, putting some of the podcasts on there as well. We would greatly appreciate all of that. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll be back next week.